0: you ever wonder how you can plan better backpacking trips, I want to talk about a tool and website called Art of the Trek. Art of the Trek is an online trip planning and mapping website that allows you to plan backpacking and hiking routes in a really easy to use format. I've been using Art of the Trek a lot lately to plan some of the routes that I've been looking to do this coming backpacking season, and it's just so easy to use. The maps allow you to place waypoints, markers, make notes, see mileage, export GPX files, and a lot more. If you have questions on an area that you're planning to visit and want help planning that particular trip, Art of the Trek allows you to request a free custom route guide where you fill out a simple survey and their team does the work for you. They will provide you with a full itinerary of route information, water sources, features, and sites to see trail information rules and regulations and a lot more they can even help you secure permits or reservations for the trip that you're planning this service is really cool and having used it myself i can say the service is just very well executed so check out artofthetrek.com or see the show notes for a link to art of the trek and a huge thank you to art of the trek for sponsoring today's episode Hey, what's going on, everybody? Devin here with the Backpacking Experience Podcast. Really excited that you're here today. I've got a little bit different type of episode for you because we are going to do a full question and answer or a QA and a session here where I have asked uh, on various different platforms, whether it was Instagram or my YouTube channel or uh, on Facebook, on my Backcountry Exposure YouTube Facebook page and whatnot. Just if any of you had general questions about backpacking, what I asked for is to send a voice message through Anchor. So Anchor is who I host my podcast through. Very cool system. And I kind of want to put this out there for anybody that would ever like to send me a voice message with just really any kind of information. Maybe it's a question that you want to ask for an upcoming episode, and that might be a segment that I might kind of bring into episodes in the future. But if you want to share a voice message with me, and then potentially share that on a future episode, if you go to anchor.fm forward slash the backpacking experience, then you can go into one of the links that's there on that uh, dashboard homepage or whatever that you find. And you can leave a voice message. There's also a link down in the show notes for you to be able to click to be able to then also send a voice message. But it's a really cool thing. And that's what is going to be the premise of today's episode is a few listeners and fans of the show. I guess you could say I didn't uh, really consider that I ever had fans of the Backpacking Experience podcast. But I've got some voice messages that are questions that are going to be asked by some listeners of the podcast and uh, a couple of friends of mine as well. And I think there's some really good questions. So it could lend itself to a fun conversation. But the biggest thing about it is normally I have some kind of like bullet points or script that I'm working off of in these episodes. And today we're not doing any of that. So it's very much off the cuff, very raw which is very simple and basic in today's conversation. So why don't we go ahead and jump into the first few questions of the episode, and then we'll just kind of go from there. So this first question comes from a fellow YouTube friend of mine, Lance, from the Outland channel. You should check out his channel on YouTube. But Lance asks the following question. Hey, Devin, you live in an amazing part of the country with lots of different options for hiking and backpacking. You've got canyons, mountains, all kinds of different options. How do you choose a destination? How do you choose one over the other and what's going to give you the best bang for the buck for when you do get out there to do some backpacking? And on the flip side of that, what advice would you give those of us who live in parts of the country who may not have so many options? Uh, I live here in Ohio and it's Kind of hard to find good backpacking options. We usually have to go out of state to find someplace good to backpack. Uh, So, do you have any advice for those of us who don't live in such a great area for backpacking? All right, thanks. So, Lance, I really, I really enjoy this perspective and this question that you've got because. I definitely living here in Utah feel very blessed and just lucky to have the access to the particular areas that are just so close to where I live that make it possible to get out in the backcountry so easy to do. I mean, I can drive an hour and a half, 2 hours and be in some of the most beautiful wilderness areas in like the surrounding area. i have got the Uinta uh, Wilderness, the the Highline uh, trail and that kind of stuff that's around here i've got the full like southern Utah desert that is three four hours drive away and so it to answer your question, it really is it's so difficult uh sometimes to really choose what route I want to do because the thing that's interesting if you're not familiar with the way that like the public lands and stuff uh, work within the uh, various like land manage- land management agencies like the BLM, park service, forest service, that kind of thing. Once you get west of the Mississippi River, you have the vast majority of public land access in in these areas over on the west side of the of the country. Versus on the east side of the country, you have very limited amounts of public land that is available for everybody to use. And so, as I've become m- more uh, friends with various people that live without within the country, I'm learning that it really is difficult to find good places to backpack when you don't have really good access. So I guess what I'm trying to say here, and, and the, the answer I'm trying to give to your question is, when I'm planning a destination, I'm looking primarily for something that allows me to do some kind of exploration. I really thrive on the ability to see new things and visit new places and just spend time just checking out areas that I'm not familiar with and learn something new about that area. And so primarily I do all of my backpacking in Utah, but there are several places outside of Utah, primarily in like Wyoming or Montana that I'm looking at, even Arizona, that I would really like to spend some time in. And it all revolves around this aspect of me personally, in my mind, being able to explore an adventure in that area. It's not so much about I just want to put a backpack on my back and go uh, walk a bunch of miles. It's that I want to see new things that I've not seen before. So to answer the second part of your question for advice on like for those that don't live in areas that have as good of access, I would say that still try to get out as much as possible, but I would start trying to find ways to just travel and start backpacking into areas that allow you to explore different things. But I would say still try to get out as much as possible because it, it's not necessarily like the destination always about backpacking. It's who you're with and why you're going out. And I think that that's an incredibly important aspect of backpacking is that you are focused on why you're going out there in the first place. If doing it for the fitness and just for the solitude and to be out in the woods, like that should be enough to say, yeah, even if I'm in this same spot every single time, try to just go with the goal of enjoying yourself being in the backcountry. So the next question that we've got comes from my friend Jason from the Huck Outdoors YouTube channel. Jason, thanks for sharing this question. Let's hear what you got. Hey, Devin. Jason from Huck Outdoors here. Got a question for you. If you could backpack anywhere in the West Coast outside of Utah, where would it be? So I feel like at this point, the answer to this question is pretty easy for me to come up with because I've got a few different destinations that are kind of like the bucket list things that I'm trying to make plans for. I last year had the privilege of being able to do two different trips to the Pacific Northwest, particularly to Olympic National Park. And that those, well, I should say, those two particular trips were incredibly inspiring to me to be able to spend time in a totally different environment, a totally different place than what I am typically used to backpacking in and spending time in here in Utah. And I would honestly, I would really love to go explore Olympic National Park a lot more. However, not that far away, if you really think about distance wise. The, the whole Sierra range in California is very inspiring to me. And I would love to spend time in Kings Canyon National Park and that particular area. I've never, I've never been to that area and I've never backpacked in California. And that would be a place that would be very inspiring for me to want to go and spend time in. But there's even, I would love to go do like the Timberline Trail in Oregon. I feel like that would be just one of those really cool bucket list kind of things. But I don't know. There's just so, so many options. And if I had to choose any of those, I think I would right now prefer to go to Olympic National Park because that place inspired me and just had an incredible backcountry experience in one of those areas that I had the privilege of being in. And it's something that I'll, I'll never forget in my in my backpacking career, I guess you could say, but just a beautiful place. And I'd love to go back to Olympic National Park. So now moving on from a question that's directly related to me personally, and more about gear comes from a gentleman named Jesse, who has a YouTube channel called Backcountry Forward. Jesse is very high energy. He is a great person to to watch and just really enjoy him and excited to, to hear the question that he has today. Hey Devin, so this is a little bit of a heated topic and my question is in regards to sleeping bags versus quilts. Personally, I've always been a traditional mummy bag user and I've enjoyed the comfort that that gives me. But recently I've been thinking about making the switch over to a quilt to save the weight. I've noticed, however, that you seem in most of your videos to be almost exclusively, if not exclusively, a mummy bag user yourself, and yet you're an experienced backpacker with a wealth of knowledge. Are there is there something that I'm missing, maybe some benefit uh, to the mummy bag that a quilt can't offer, or is it just come down to personal preference? I'd love to hear your take on this situation. So Jesse, you ask a really good question, and to be quite honest, <laughs> <laughs> at this point, I'm more of a quilt guy than I am a mummy bag person, but it just really depends on the type of trip that I am going to to be doing, and I don't necessarily have a really strong preference at this point on saying that a quilt is better than a sleeping bag or a sleeping bag is better than a quilt, but I do think that at the end of the day for anybody, it just comes down to personal preference because there are, there are pros and cons, obviously, of both systems. And I see that there's a lot of talk out there about quilts are always lighter weight than sleeping bags, or they perform better in these kinds of conditions. To be To be honest, in, in my opinion, I don't always think that a quilt in every kind of scenario is a lighter weight option. They do have the potential to be lighter weight than a mummy bag or a sleeping bag, but they don't always present themselves in that in that manner. And so it depends what I'm trying to accomplish from the trip and what kind of sleeping experience that I want to have. But the biggest thing that I feel people forget about is your experience with a sleeping bag or particularly with a quilt is going to be very much determined based on the sleeping pad that you're going to be using. Very often, I see that people who are using a quilt forget that you have to rely on your sleeping pad to provide you with the proper insulation so that you don't have that conduction that's happening from the cold ground moving up into your sleeping pad and then transferring to your body. And then you're not able to regulate your temperature properly because your back is against the sleeping pad. And so When it comes to which of the two options that makes the most sense, I really do think from what you said, the personal preference is where it's at. If you are looking for something that's a little bit more simplified, you don't want the hood over your head because you're going to be wearing a beanie or whatever kind of thing, and you don't want the... Uh, restriction or that claustrophobic feeling of a sleeping bag, then putting yourself into a quilt may be the best option. But quilts do definitely come with their cons where they are a little bit more work to manage to make sure that you do provide yourself with a quality and good sleeping experience. You do, in a lot of cases as a ground sleeper, have to have pad straps that provide the ability for the sides of the quilt to stay attached to the pad so that when you roll from side to side and move around, that you're not letting the warm air that has been trapped inside of the quilt to then escape out of those those areas. And so I think that if you if you find something that allows you to save weight in your backpacking system, which I've talked about several times, that saving weight in your backpacking system is very important. And anytime that you can do that, that's a total win. But if, if it's something that is difficult for you to do, then maybe a sleeping bag is gonna be a, a better option. And I think some of it also depends on what your shelter system is. If I'm gonna be in a tarp, very often where I'm a little bit more exposed to the elements, I might have more wind and stuff coming through my shelter, then a sleeping bag may be the better option where I have full coverage all around me and I can pull a hood over my head and I'm more protected from wind and elements and things that way. But if I've got a very nice enclosed shelter system, like a four season tent or something that is just very like windproof and stuff, then a quilt really is just gonna be a good option. And so. Honestly, from my perspective, I could go either way and I use both types of of bags. I use a sleeping bag, I use a quilt, and it just depends on what I'm trying to accomplish. But for the most part, I think a sleeping bag for the general user, for somebody that isn't like overly concerned about all of the various like quirks of what a sleeping bag or a quilt provide, then a sleeping bag probably makes the most sense. But to be honest as well, just to, just to wrap up that, that question and to give you the answer, I think there should be a full uh, podcast episode that I should do addressing that question. And so you've kind of inspired me to, to see if I can put together an episode that addresses this a little bit more in detail. Hi, Devin. Richard Green up here. Um, for those suffering from back issues, myself included, I'm wondering the best methodology to get back into shape and in carrying that full pack. Um, I went on a trip recently and I'm only carrying um a portion of the weight and it was risky. So what's your best methodology for getting back in shape, building up your back so you can build up the pack? Cheers. Thanks. So this is a really good question, and I'm I'm kind of excited to, to answer this because it's not something that gets talked about very often. I should say as the first part of my answer here. I'm not a doctor in any way, not a physician. And so please, please, please uh, do not take this as like medical advice or (laughs) something that you should rely on. But if you've got some kind of injury or you've got a bad back or just that kind of scenario, I think taking baby steps to see what you are capable of instead of trying to just go full bore into something is going to make it so that you can be more successful long term. So what I mean by that is, if you haven't been able to get out on the trail, start doing just some simple day hikes with a very low weight backpack, just a day pack that is very low weight and start doing some simple day hikes. And then from there, just kind of see if I increase mileage, does that exacerbate the Uh, pain that I'm feeling in my back, or am I able to keep a lower weight and get good training out of that and do a little bit higher mileage, just longer day hikes? Or can I then start doing simple overnight trips where I've got a little bit heavier backpack, but I'm not carrying three, four days worth of food into the backcountry? And that might be a great way to then, again, baby step your way into being able to get out there again and do those kinds of things that, that help you just get outside and experience the the experiences that you want to have in the backcountry. And then the other thing that I would suggest that is not necessarily related to going out and actually doing the hiking is maybe do go to the doctor and see what your physician suggests as far as, is there a way that I can do the simple weight training or things that allow me to strengthen those muscles that allow me to get the strength back to be able to go and carry a backpack, carry weight, and do the hiking that I want to do? It's a pretty complicated question and comes with a complicated answer, but just kind of off the cuff and what I'm mulling over in my head here, that's kind of what makes the most sense to me is the approach that, that I might take. But again, I'm not a physician, I'm not a doctor, and I haven't experienced an injury that has Uh, made it difficult for me to get out on the trail. And so those are the kinds of things that are going through my head that may be the most helpful for you to be able to get out there on the trail. Hey, Devin, Scott here. I've been camping in tents forever. and I've just gotten to the point where it's so uncomfortable sleeping on the ground. I just wake up so stiff and sore that I've moved into a hammock. And I'm just wondering if there's any hikes out around you that you could suggest that would be hammock friendly. The stuff I've been watching is really cool. It's definitely not hammock friendly so far. And just think about heading out your way on one of my trips. And just curious if you had any suggestions. Thanks, man. So this question was a little bit difficult to to understand exactly what was being said. It kind of cut out a little bit here and there. But what I'm understanding is that are there hammock friendly places in Utah and just out west uh, to go backpacking? And the first thing that I would say is if you have questions ever of places that You're not sure if they are good to go backpacking. That might be in the area that I live around Utah and just the the West in general. I also have a bunch of friends that live here out West and and such that I can ask and and whatnot as well. But if you ever have a question, just feel free to shoot me an email. Uh, Email is down in the show notes for you to be able to send me an email with any questions at any time. If you're planning a trip or you have gear questions or anything, please feel free to send me an email and I'm happy to make any suggestions. But what I'm getting from this question is, are there any hammock friendly places in Utah? And I would say absolutely there's hammock friendly places. Now the desert, not so much. And if you've been watching my YouTube channel, you've seen me spend a lot of time in the desert recently. And that's because A, it's been winter and it's been difficult to get into the higher elevations where there's a lot of snow coverage. But aside from that, the high you went to wilderness or the Wasatch range, or just any of these northern areas in in Utah where you have a full forest around you makes for a good place to hang a hammock. So you do still have to follow all the rules of widowmakers and being able to get trees that are close enough or far enough apart from each other so that you can get the ideal hang. But the the areas here in Utah, that lend themselves to good hammock camping are gonna be the High Uint Wilderness and any of the national forest areas here uh, in Northern Utah. So the last question here comes from a fellow YouTube friend of mine, Amy Rout, and she's got a really good question here that I'm very excited to answer. So let's hear what Amy's got. What is the most challenging trail you hope to get on in the next couple of years? So Amy, this question is fantastic and gets me really excited to answer because just in the last couple weeks, I have become incredibly inspired with two particular areas to backpack here in uh, the next few years if I could pull it off. But honestly, it could be as much as 10 years away. Just depends how much I can save. But very excited about Alaska. Alaska is just one of those areas that I have always wanted to spend time in. And there are two particular areas in Alaska that I am very excited to potentially plan some trips into into those areas. So the first place that I have been doing some research on, and I hope I'm saying this correctly or pronouncing the name right, but it's Jack, uh National Monument in Alaska. And so if you go to Anchorage and then you move Southwest, down one of the peninsulas, you've got the Antioch National Monument. And what's enticing to me about this is it's an area that you can only get to by bush plane. And typically, you would want to do this with some kind of guide. But the biggest thing about it is it's very remote. And it's it's this whole mindset for me of going into places where very few other people have been and get the opportunity to spend time in. And I have found a a guide service that I would be willing to pay the money to be able to go and do an expedition, basically, into this particular national monument. And I believe, if I read correctly, that less than 100 people a year adventure or spend time in this area. Don't quote me on that particular statistic, but I feel like that's something that I read on a website and when I'm looking at pictures and I've seen the various like short videos of that particular national monument, the ability to spend time around bears and just that wild area is very, very inspiring. But I think one of the more obtainable places that is in Alaska that I would like to be able to have an opportunity to check out would be Lake Clark National Park. And it, it again is one of those areas that you fly into Anchorage and then you would take a bush plane ride into the national park or into the surrounding area. And then, uh, again, I would probably use a guide service just to try to have the best experience possible. And again, I I have found a a guide service that looks very like just a, a good a good guide service to use. And that's what's exciting to me is somebody that's going to allow me to have the experience that I want to have and not kind of this like touristy kind of thing. That's just like hitting all of the the tourist stops, but really allowing me to get into the backcountry and experience some off trail, just amazing, amazing places around, uh, Lake Clark national national park. So that's what I'm looking at as far as like challenging places to go and do a a backpacking trip. It, uh, it feels very far reaching at this point, but Alaska is just one of those places that I've never been to. And I would love every opportunity to go and do that. Now doing something that I feel like is a little bit more attainable, is I've got two other trips that I would really like to do. The first is I have a personal goal that I would love to hike the entire 100 miles of the Uinta Highline Trail as a solo trip. And for 2020, that had been a goal until some other trip and things, opportunities came up. And so I've pushed that to probably something that I would do in 2021. There's also the Beartooth Wilderness in Montana that I would absolutely love to spend a a bunch of time exploring that that particular area. I feel like it would be very challenging because it's not something that gets a lot of like information shared about it, but it it contains uh, a, a popular trail called the Beaten Path or something like that that I would really like to do. and it's challenging because, it, uh, it, it requires a, a pretty difficult shuttle, and it's just something that is, again, very inspiring for me personally to go and explore areas that are not as often talked about uh, within the hiking community. So the Beartooth Wilderness would be another area that I would really like to spend some time in. Well, everyone, that is the Q&A session for this particular podcast episode. I would really like to do more of these in the future. So again, if you ever have any questions for me that you would like to have answered at some point here on the podcast, go ahead and follow the anchor link down in the show notes where you can jump on there and send me a voice message. You get to record the message, send it to me. I'd love to do more of these particular Q&A sessions because they're something different than the interviews that I do or talking about specific topics and allows me to quickly discuss things that they get me excited and just have a little bit more diversity in the conversation. So I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast today. If you are not subscribed or following the podcast, go ahead and do that with whatever service that you happen to be listening to this podcast on. And if you're listening on Apple podcasts, I would love for you to go ahead and rate the podcast and leave me a written review. I love those written reviews. They just put a smile on my face and it's exciting to see uh, the kinds of things that you guys are getting out of the various conversations that we're having here on the podcast. But I want to thank you again for listening today to the backpacking experience. I hope you guys have an awesome week. We'll catch you on the next episode.